90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City, Community Radio. Streaming online at www.kkfi.org. The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or staff and volunteers. Still waiting for the truth to be told I'm your host, Donna Morrow-Wolf. Our guest joining us today in studio is Shanita McAfee Bryant, Kansas City native, who has founded an organization called the Prospect KC. And we want to talk about uh, her endeavor happening tomorrow over in the historic 18th and Vine District, the second annual Gumbo Festival. So welcome for the first time, (laughs) Shanita. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, to Urban Connections and to uh, KKFI. We want to remind our listeners who are so generous and uh, so um, loving of and uh, caretakers of uh, community radio here in Kansas City that we are in the midst 
of our fall pledge drive and please get on that telephone and dial uh, 888-931-0901 that's 888-931-0901 or go online at kkfi.org to continue your support of local community radio that's a rare gem uh, in this country and in these times so uh, make sure you take responsibility to do your part to keep that uh, energy alive and on the air here at 90.1 FM. Uh, Chef Shanita, um, tell us, tell us, first of all, tell us about this gumbo festival um, that's going on tomorrow, and then let's delve into you, your, <laughs> your background, and how you came to be where you are Sure, today. so uh, a little bit about Gumbo Fest. So during the pandemic, I read... Um, a book by Mark Morial, um, former mayor, mayor of yeah. New Orleans, mm-hmm. current president of the National Urban League, and he wrote a book called Gumbo Coalition. And in that book, he was talking about how he uses the concept of making a gumbo to approach his different um, leadership, team building, and community building. And um, it just kind of got me thinking that the idea of gumbo is is really a food euphemism for the work that we're trying to do in um, what is the historic 18th and Vine, what is the third district, and what is what some would consider a divested community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in order for that to be a thriving um, community, it, it needs everybody's participation, right? We need help from the city. We need help from the state. We need help from the federal government. We need support from the listeners on this radio station. We need support from the neighbors and the other businesses in the community. We need support from businesses outside of the community to patronize and and support within there Mm -hmm. in order to help that community thrive. And so that's kind of why we got the idea at the Prospect KC to create a gumbo festival. It happens to fall around um, National Gumbo Day, which was just a few days ago. But, you know, we love our Kansas City Chiefs. So we kind of have to (laughs) see when they're playing before I can plan the event because I want to make sure that I want to be there because I don't want to miss the game. (laughs) So so we're a few days post, but um, that's kind of the idea is just to bring everyone into the community and be able to celebrate gumbo, celebrate our newly opened building, um, and celebrate that, that land that has been set empty for over 40 years so it it's wonderful to be able to have all this positive synergy in that space now what's what's your affinity for 18th and vine district and for kansas city you're oh sure born and raised kansas city native Mm -hmm. um that particular area is just a few blocks down from my dad's old office which was where my first catering kitchen was okay so they're building apartments there now and so i remember going into work you know (laughs) and looking at what is now my current building and thinking man someone should do something with that okay (laughs) lo and behold and the lord is funny like that isn't he yes indeed (laughs) so so you went to you you went to culinary school i did uh, where'd you go to culinary school? I went to culinary school at Johnson County Community College. Okay, shout out to Johnson County Community College. Yeah. Say something about community colleges. Cause, you know, you know? Of, of it is a world-class culinary education for a fraction of the cost. Mm-hmm. And unlike a lot of other schools, it is a chef's apprenticeship. And I just feel like you learn better in an apprenticeship type environment where you're going to class and then you're able to apply what you learn on your job absolutely immediately it kind of helps the skills stick if you're trying to master something 
It helps his skills stick. And then you actually see how it's done in Mm -hmm. in reality Mm because, you know, textbooks don't always directly, there's not always a direct relationship to reality from the textbook. Oh, for sure. And even with my students now, I can teach them a lot of things in the classroom, but it's when we get in the kitchen that we really get to learning. Okay, so you said your students Oh, yes, yes. That's going to lead us to this description of what the Prospect KC is, Sure, yes, the Prospect KC, we're what we call a social venture. So we're a workforce development program. And then on the community side, we do a lot of work in the food access and nutritional literacy space. So being able to provide a space where people can access healthy and nutritious food affordably. But on the workforce development side, we are training um, people in a very holistic way. Um, So each person that comes into our program is treated as an individual and they work individually on their own goals and their own plan and they kind of move through the program at a rate that's comfortable for them. And um, while we're working on honing in or refining skills, because I really hate it when they say, you know, people who are underemployed don't have skills. And they use, they have a lot of skills. They're just not being paid enough for their skills. They're not being paid enough and you're not dealing with life. You know, they don't have the luxury of access to different types of resources and information. And so when life, as the young kids say, when life gets to life in mm-hmm. where that shows up is on the job. And so what we try to do is look at what those barriers are. And they some of them are not job related. Let's address those so that you can be successful and reach what, you know, the thunder word of the day is sustained economic mobility is what we're going for. I could deal with sustained economic mobility. I definitely can, particularly when you're in a divested community because I don't know who the quote comes from, but they say a rising tide lifts all boats, right? Mm -hmm. And what what we do know is that people who are in community support community, right? So if I'm paying them living wage jobs and giving them access to living wage jobs, they don't go to 119th Street to spend that money those dollars come right back into that community where they where they live, where their children go to school, where their family is. So it helps to surge the economy there. So talk about the third district, the third uh, council district in Kansas City, where the historic 18th and Vine uh, district is. You know, what happened there and in the historic 18th and Vine district that makes a program such as the Prospect KC necessary? Well, the median income, I think, is under $20,000 a year of the people who live within that community. And you see a lot of positive development and a lot of um, dollars being put in the, into the 3rd District now, which we are all very happy about, right? It's mm-hmm. about time. But we don't want it to be a situation where people who are already there or no are no longer able to afford to live or access you know the things that are around aka gentrification (laughs) well you know i mean i'm just yeah (laughs) (laughs) i try not to i try to be very i've been in the bakery today i'm trying to coat everything with sugar and frosting Alrighty. Well, you know, I'm trying to like say what's happening. Well, you you know, know, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. So we try to look at, um, when we do our recruiting for the prospect for, um, either classes or services or whatever we use, the um, Kansas City, Missouri has a community health improvement plan called CHIP. Mm -hmm. And, um, if any of our readers are looking for something to help them go to sleep, (laughs) They might want to download it. And while there's some interesting information in there, it's quite boring. Okay. Um, however. But what is it in 
intended to do. Well, what it what it talks about is they they have looked at like the community and and the health of the community, mm-hmm. and so they've looked at specific zip codes around Kansas City, and they know that that people have lower health outcomes in certain zip codes of the city. Mm-hmm. There's data that supports that, mm-hmm. and so those are the zip codes that we use to. Um, Six four one two seven. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Those are the zip codes that we use when mm-hmm. we are um, when we are recruiting and when we're looking for people to support because we know that that those people in those communities need a little bit more TLC than others. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what that report talks about is it also helps the city determine where they're putting money in parks where they're, um, they call them, I always say it wrong, so if there's anybody from the city listening, sorry, but I, I like to give it my own name. It's They call them life improvement districts or something like that, but okay. it's like a, a little, it's a term that they use for when they're supporting like parks and outdoor activities and things of that nature. They're mm-hmm. looking at those zip codes as well. So that's kind of where we got our um, data for where we wanted to look for um, participants for our workforce development program Um, most of the people in in the in those areas are living at or below poverty and um you know are are quite underemployed under housed underemployed under health care any under under, yeah yeah, under under (laughs) yeah just under Mm -hmm. um it's a quarter after now and uh i would be remiss i'll take a little pause in our conversation i would be remiss if i did not happen to mention the fact that we have a champion who's supporting this program who is matching dollar for dollar up to a hundred dollars how much people donate for the hour so kathy peters Thank you very much. Big up. We appreciate you here on the Urban Connections program. And please take advantage of this opportunity to double your donation during this hour by calling KKFI's pledge line at 888-931-0901. That's 888-931-0901. Or go online at kkfi.org and support community radio where you get to hear for the whole hour (laughs) folks such as chef uh, Shanita of uh, the prospect KC which is doing amazing work uh, to in our community here in Kansas City to raise the level of professionalism uh, to create opportunities for and build a new a new and badly needed infrastructure of learning uh, right here in the community. The Prospect KC is located where? At 2010 Vine. So we're in the city's old public works buildings right across the street from the Workhouse Castle. Okay, and and adjacent to that. You know, I used to think that um, that was part of the Kansas City Zoo. <laughs> for, some, for some reason, that looks like <laughs> buildings that they have at the Kansas City Zoo. Oh, yeah, city because Zoo. a lot of that limestone came from that um, that site. So that's why they all kind of look well, the same part. A lot of the buildings at the zoo and those buildings and then the fire station were built during, during the same time frame. Okay. Yeah. So, see, so that's why intuitively mm-hmm. I, I knew that. You're like, why do these kid. all look familiar? Why do they look familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So tell about, tell more about the prospect Casey and the spot. Yes. Which is adjacent to it. Yes. So that the spot is our actual um, training kitchen. So you, anybody listening can come down there and have a cup of coffee or a sandwich or a pastry or a salad and support the work of our students. Um, so they're learning in the classroom 
and then we put them in the kitchen in a real world work environment so that Mm -hmm. they kind of know what it feels like to really be in a kitchen because it's like I said we talked about it's different being in the reading it in a book when you're when you're in the frying pan so Mm -hmm. to speak Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you kind of get a real perspective of what it's going to be like Mm -hmm. particularly when we're working with people who have had challenges in life and are dealing with different stressors so it's good to get them in a real environment so we can we can carefully work through what those issues might be. So how many people at one time can you serve in this spot? And what are your hours um, of operation? Yes. So in each cohort, we try to recruit about 16. And that lasts for how long? So they do the intensive like boot camp for 16 weeks. And then they have up to two years to kind of finish working on their individual plan. So that plan kind of evolves weekly as they're meeting with their uh, resource support team to see kind of where they are, what's going on in life, what do we need? You know, like I said, each person is treated individually. Um, I just, I've never liked, when I was just an employer, I never liked the workforce development approach that was very, like, a monolith. You just, here's a job, mm-hmm. here's some skills, congratulations, you're done. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, you know, like. Something's missing. Something's missing. Because the human folks, piece. Yeah, the human piece is missing. Mm-hmm. That one-on-one relationship with that person, mm-hmm. that spark of inspiration that's unique only to them because somebody sees them right in your program yes i see uh where do you where do you get your recruits specifically high schools or college uh this class that we have right now is the age ranges from 19 to 36 so it's a range of people um we work with a really nice network of other nonprofits that refer to us and then we've had people who have come to our open house off the street so we like i said i i there's only been a couple of instances where I've been like, eh, that's not going to be a good fit for us. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we try to find a way to make it work. Um, I don't want to be another organization telling somebody no mm-hmm. for for a reason of that's, in most cases, something that's beyond their control. So the culinary industry and culinary um, profession, what is it? Well, what is it that inspired you and why would you why would you think that would be a good career path for for anyone sure i i like it for me personally because i am equally as analytic as i am creative Mm. and i need that outlet to be able to you know be in a creative space so i love that saturdays is is my day to be in the bakery mostly alone and I get to just kind of create by myself and I'm I'm no longer the ED I'm not worrying about taxes and grant reports and (laughs) emails I'm like I'm dealing with pastries today leave me alone Mm -hmm. um but really what inspired me to think that this was a good career path is during also during the pandemic and you know I'm in the kitchen a lot I listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts and TED Talks, and you hear these uh, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies talking about how they got their start in hospitality, right? And you learn that there's a lot of transferable skills that you that that you learn in the food business that are applicable in other areas of life. And so we, we would love to train up all chefs, but I know that there's a couple of people in, in this cohort that are not interested in culinary. We're just working on skill refinement and and getting them prepared to be successful in the career that they choose. So what skills are, are you working on refining? Uh, uh, well, folks? we do a lot of like time management. 
Um, I could use that. Yeah, we do time management. We also do the the, the <laughs> students thought that it was really crazy because they're like, this is so hokey. But we do a lot of like when they come in, there's a lot of like meditation and mindfulness, vision, bo- mindfulness, rather vision boarding and just thinking about and imagining, you know, what your life could possibly be. But so so then this week they're they're preparing for their gumbo fest and they were clarifying butter and they're like, man. this takes a long time. And I was like, or our programs director was like, yeah, it does. Doesn't it remind you of meditation? (laughs) They were like, you know what? It it actually does. It actually does. And, you know, with time management, even in the kitchen or in life, we have, I have to juggle a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll have something in the oven, something on the stove. There might be a customer at the counter. I have to be able to be aware. And they say that to me. One of the students is like, chef, you know everything that's going on around you at all times. I was like, yes, it is a practice skill. Mm-hmm. It is something that I have honed in on over the years and learned how to do. So so talk about your uh, career path that you have taken from culinary school uh, to where you are now. Oh, gosh, it's been a long, <laughs> long, bumpy road. Okay. Um, so you look like you're like 16. So no, okay. I'm not. I've, okay. been, I've been cooking I'm professionally joking. for 26 years. Whoa. Yeah. I'm favorably impressed. <laughs> yeah. I started right out of high school, okay. um, graduated early, and I unofficially graduated early. So that meant that I still had to wait until May to mm-hmm. get my diploma. Mm-hmm. So I was technically still a high school student for another semester. And my parents being the wonderful black parents that they are, mm-hmm. <laughs> were like, um, what are you going to do? Because you're not about to sit around <laughs> the house for a whole semester with nothing to do. Okay. And also, you're not going to go to school and be the teacher's aide for four hours a day. Okay. <laughs> we okay. need to find something to do. Mm-hmm. And so we had college now. And I was able to, um, back then at Johnson County Community College, the culinary program was run by Jerry Vincent. And so in order to get in, you had to interview. And I remember being like 17 and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so nervous. And I had to, you know, convince him to let me into the program as a high school student and that I was going to, you know, be able to keep up with the rigorous work and do the things that that were required of me. And so he let me in. And that's kind of how I started cooking. Mm Um, spent you on, had no interest in cooking or culinary no, I did. arts? No, I did. I uh, did. I discovered like culinary as a profession because I'm I'm more of like an inside child and less of like an outside child. <laughs> so what does that mean? It means you didn't that like to I didn't really want to be outside, like <laughs> running okay. and sweating. And, okay. Mm. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay, gotcha. I'm not outdoorsy. You found your path. I'm indoorsy, and so being indoorsy, no uh, bugs and stuff like mm-mm. that. Couldn't take you camping at the lake. I'm no. gonna sleep in the car. Okay, <laughs> definitely not. Or a camper. Okay, I'm a glamper. Okay, <laughs> I okay. need to glamp. <laughs> Okay. Um, so public television. I loved watching um, Jacques Pepin and Julia Jacques Child and Michael Carabella and Lydia and Great Chefs. Mm-hmm. Watching all those shows, and um, I was that I just fell in love with cooking. Watching those shows and learned that it was like a viable profession. It was something that I could, you know, make a career out of, and so that's how I got into it. So what, how many hours is that academically? How long did it, does it take one to oh get that gosh. type of 
two years for two what years. yeah for a c well we, they go at the american culinary federation so to be a certified cook i think it's a cc that's two years and mm-hmm. then you can test up to like certified executive chef and then it just goes up and up and up from there mm-hmm. so you can um continue to test and sometimes i think just because i'm a insane person and just mm-hmm. continually love to challenge myself mm-hmm. like maybe i'll go take my cec and i want to or see you know maybe i'll go up to the next level sure sure i don't think that's crazy at all i think that you know you're a lifelong learner you'll probably be doing that forever more mm-hmm. and so that'll be that i also heard from our volunteer coordinator daryl that you guys had a wine tasting, so oh, you have an yeah. interest in wine. I do, um, actually. So it was a, a friend of mine's restaurant, Bluebird Cafe, mm-hmm. and they brought in a black winemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he did the wine, I did the food, and it was a really wonderful night of cooking and Beyonce <laughs> and all yeah. the things. So we had a really good time. That is fun. FYI, sometime in November, I'm gonna have the president of the African American Vintners Association. Oh wow! Very on nice. here, his oh, yes. his uh, label is called Longevity, and I'm not his. I forget his his first and last name. I just learned it the other day, but he'll be on in November. So I'm going to email you and remind yes. you that he's going to yes, be. Yes, that on. sounds wonderful. Yeah, um, that's another amazing. Um, industry yeah at one point in time i was like maybe i want to be a sommelier yeah and i was thinking about you know taking the test and studying and doing all the things and i'm not saying that i won't do it but right now my free time is between um 1 a.m and 3 a.m so i don't know if that leaves much time for studying (laughs) now say briefly explain what a sommelier is for a wine expert you know they're able to you you guys know you see them when they're like oh it tastes like cherries Mm -hmm. with a bit of bitter chocolate and you're like it tastes like wine (laughs) yeah those people (laughs) like is it red or white yeah what do you mean it's a cabernet i thought it was a zinfandel Mm -hmm. you know those Those are the people who are like oh this is a a grape from 1987 i can taste the cool breeze (laughs) from the side of the sea you're like what yeah (laughs) it tastes like white wine okay so you just blew up the sommeliers out there who uh, <laughs> I love them because I just do not I have really in tune taste buds but mm-hmm. theirs are on a whole another level for yeah, me whole another level yeah uh, there's some good wine movies out there too that people can watch that I have watched that were recommended to me that helped me understand that industry a little bit better yeah. and what it takes to be uh, a sommelier yeah yeah go ahead and too there's a couple of restaurants that have very robust wine lists mm-hmm. and if you have like you know get a good book and you can go sit at the bar and the bartenders will tell you all of the things that you you know give you a nice little introductory into that world so it's nice that sounds like fun i think i'll go do that one day um we're gonna have to take a break and when we come back we will continue our conversation uh with chef shanita here on urban connections she is founder and executive director of the organization known as the prospect kc chef shanita mcafee bryant kansas city native and her organization the prospect kc Um, is hosting its second annual Gumbo Fest, a party with a purpose. And the initiative was inspired by the Gumbo Coalition. Mark Moriarty, uh, president of the Urban League, right? Yes. His idea of it takes a gumbo, which is 
all kind of stuff from all kind of places to achieve a goal. Mm-hmm. And, your, and your goal is revitalizing um, part of Kansas City's urban core, an historic part of Kansas City's urban core. So thank you for the work you do, first of all. And uh, let's talk some more about it when we come back after these messages. Coming up on Thursday, October the 19th at 7 o'clock p.m. on the People Power Hour, brought to you by Casey Tennant. We'll be talking about the Healthy Homes Program, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our guests will be from local tenant unions. The Healthy Homes Program is supposed to provide regulations for minimum health and safety standards for rental housing in Kansas City, Missouri. Is it working? Tune in to the People Power Hour, brought to you by Casey Tennant on October 19th at 7 o'clock p.m. KKFI thanks Meshuggah Bagels for feeding our volunteers during this fun drive. Meshuggah Bagels uses a secret recipe to bring the taste of New York to Kansas City. Meshuggah has three locations in the metro, including 1208 West 39th Street in Midtown. Find out more on the web at meshuggahbagels.com. That's M-E-S-H-U-G-G-A-H-B-A-G-E-L-S dot com. And we thank them for their support. FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is Urban Connections. I'm your host, Donna Wolf. Our guest in studio today is Chef Shanita McAfee Bryant, Kansas City native, uh, founder and uh, CEO of uh, the Prospect KC that is hosting its second annual Gumbo Fest. Um, It's a party going on tomorrow tell us exactly where people can find the gumbo fest and uh just how it's gonna all roll yeah. out so yeah. gumbo fest is located at our space at 2010 vine we happen to share that space with the first african-american brewery in the state of missouri in right kansas on. city vine street so mm-hmm. There is a Gumbo Fest beer that will be released tomorrow. Wow. So, yes, we <laughs> okay. collaborated on it. It's exciting. That's cool. Um, all the information about Gumbo Fest is on our website. So you can go there and get everything you want to know. Um, it's www.theprospectkc.org. Okay, so let me ask you about this. Yeah. Um, you uh, created and owned a restaurant. And you competed on the Food Network's Cutthroat Kitchen. I did. What on earth moved you to compete on Cutthroat Kitchen? That's with, what's that dude's name? Um, Alton Brown. Alton Brown, yes. Yeah. yeah. So tell about the nature of that program and what made you sign up for it. Uh, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew need, it had to be something like that. I need adrenaline. I'm also hyper competitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will not be competing in Gumbo Fest because okay. I don't know how to control myself. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not even coaching e- either of my two sets of culinary students. I have passed them off to other people okay. so that I can okay. remain a normal person okay. tomorrow. So you're going to go have a seat, right? I'm just going to be a hostess with the mostest. Okay, I am cool. not going to turn into a competitor. Competitive monster tomorrow. Okay, so tell us about Cutthroat Kitchen. When was when was this? I did it in September of twenty fourteen. 
Okay. 2014, yeah. How'd it go? I won. Did you? I did. Bravo. I did. It's, um, well, I don't know if I can tell everybody what season it is, but it's on there. It's on there. If you Google me and Cut Through Kitchen, you'll find it. Okay. It's on one of the streaming platforms. They You know, they bounce back and forth. So sometimes it's on one and sometimes it's on the other, but it's on there. Were you, were you just cutthroat? Were you just, you know. You know what? I'm not cutthroat in life. Uh-huh. Um, so I applied my same philosophy in life to the show. Is Jeez. I worried about myself? There you go. <laughs> I played my own game mm-hmm. and the person that I was competing against was me. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how it is for me every single day. Like Even that. in the restaurant industry, people like to come to me and be like, well, chef, so-and-so is doing this. And chef, so-and-so is doing that. And I'm like, and good for them. Yeah. <laughs> but right. we're going to worry about what we're doing over here. Right. right so right. the only place, the only thing that I'm worried about is myself. I'm always looking to be the best version of me that I can be, mm-hmm. whether it's personally or professionally and um when i'm developing these students and working with them that's what i'm challenging them to do is all also is that sometimes you just have to put your eye on your own prize and and focus and people might say that's selfish or Mm -hmm. Mm self-absorbed i call it singularly focused Mm -hmm. because sometimes when you're trying to achieve a big goal that's where you have to be it's kind of like focused and honed in on your path yeah you can only (laughs) Run your own pair of shoes, as the folks yeah. always say. Yeah, you really can't. And, and in those competitive uh, uh, programs, for some reason, I really love competitive uh, food. You know, I watch uh, Chopped and oh, yeah. uh, that Gordon Ramsay thing that was on the other day. I was watching that. There's lots of them. <laughs> There's a, yeah, he's got a ton of them. He's really made a cottage, cottage industry out of uh, uh, the culinary uh, world. But I don't know, there's something really engaging to me um, about these food uh, competitions and the level of skill and creativity, both, that are um, necessary in order to compete on that on yeah. that high level. I think for me, it was really just, I was nervous, of course, mm-hmm. but but I had practiced in in the just career so much that Mm -hmm. even in my nerves it was like my muscles Mm -hmm. my my mind my hands they knew what to do even if I didn't even when I and then once you feel your body kick in you're like oh wait a minute Uh I got Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. I'm fine now okay and so um I know people are like how do you remain so calm I'm like because I'm like a duck I'm calm on the outside and on the inside I'm like Feet pedaling, <laughs> pedaling just as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. But on the outside, I look like I'm just taking a nice little walk. Okay, well, that is a wonderful skill to uh, uh, attain, and I do hope that you are able to pass that forward to your students because that's just, you know, a foundation for success. You can't freak out. What? No, then you, can't. you can't do anything. You can't. You can't freak out, and you can't. Um, we had yeah, last week. We were having a conversation about big emotions and they were like well chef you have to be able to express yourself and I was like yeah but you can't express yourself very outwardly emotionally Mm -hmm. and they're like well that might be how I'm feeling I was like yeah but now I'm responding to Mm -hmm. your outward emotions and I'm not listening to what it is you're trying to tell me Uh sometimes you have to like get your emotions in control so that you can have the conversation that you really want to have yes and not be derailed 
Yeah. I was like, a lot of life's dif- disagreements happen because people are not talking about the same thing at the Absolutely. same time. Absolutely, and don't even know it. So and don't even know it. So, you know, maybe that's where that meditation practice mm-hmm. comes in, and you do your, you practice your deep breathing, and you just, like, level all the vibes there. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful, wonderful, absolutely wonderful skill to be teaching. Um, so you are also on... Um, uh, the board of directors of um, uh, Harvesters. Yeah. Where do you find time for all that? Um, I don't sleep much. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a big sleeper. Uh, I just feel like I, food is my thing. Yes. And um, the most heartbreaking part of the pandemic for me was the way people in the city approached food access. Um, once transportations were shut down, once stores started closing up, once um, it just became more difficult, you know, people were doomsday buying. Mm, We uh didn't think about how that affected the least of us. And that bothered me. And there is still a population who treat food access like a luxury item. And it's to me, like a basic human it's right. A basic human and right. so if I have an opportunity to be in the room to advocate and speak for people who sometimes are forgotten in the room, mm-hmm. then I feel like that's just my, you know, purpose in life. It's something that I have to do and I have to make the time to be the person who makes sure that we're always keeping the end user at the forefront of whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever program, whatever initiative, whatever it is that we're coming up with, particularly when we're coming from that with with our grocery store and our cars and you know our ability to access whatever it is that we think that we need with with within minutes right okay so now i think you should just run for congress no (laughs) then i won't be able to get anything done (laughs) we'll be a little bit better off with somebody with your sentiments (laughs) in those spaces uh you're also a board member of the greater kansas city food policy coalition who knew kansas city had a food policy we do have a food policy coalition and the one thing that we've been working on for the last year and a half is the farm bill Mm -hmm. having a lot of conversations um doing uh as that organization reaching out to the people that need to be reached out to and making sure that they are are looking at two things how it's, it's going to affect the small farmer and how it's going to affect um the snap recipients particularly our seniors and our um, families with small children. Now, who's responsible for us having a Kansas City Food Policy Coalition? I'm not sure Is who started the Food Policy Coalition. No, it's been around sense? for a long oh, time. Okay. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. I've been on the board um, for two years, so it's been around far, far way before me. Okay. And talk about Nourish KC. Yeah. What's what's Nourish KC? (laughs) Nourish KC is a food uh, community food pantry right on 8th and Paseo. So um, I got introduced to them, funny enough, when I was starting the Prospect KC. At the time, they were also a member of the Catalyst Kitchen member network because they had like a – an an adult like training program. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I was working with Catalyst to kind of 
to envision everything that the prospect Casey and the spot could be. They're like, hey, you should reach out to Nourish Casey. And so I learned about the work that they were doing um, during the pandemic. I volunteered with them. I volunteered with Hope Faith and, and all of the other uh, food pantries around just to kind of see what people were doing and what, where their pain points were mm-hmm. and where we could be of assistance. And so when the opportunity came to sit on the board, I was pleased that they would have me. And it's something that, again, particularly since the most of the population that they serve are black and brown people, mm-hmm. it's nice to, again, be able to be in the room to make sure that we're keeping the community that we serve at the forefront of the work. Yeah, because... Uh a lot of times people get into administering programs and, mm-hmm. and the, there's a big old fat administrative mm-hmm. activity going on and yes. teeny, very little bit trickling yes. down to people who are supposedly in And as much as I can, I still try to teach classes and make sure I'm interacting with our culinary students because I don't want to be, I don't want to get myself too far in the ED land mm-hmm. where I'm away from or I don't know what's going on with even our training st- staff and the, the trainees. Like I want to make sure that I'm, I've got my thumb on the pulse of what's happening. She's got her finger on the pulse. So that they know that I'm there and aware. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what is the biggest lesson you've learned um, with your students and just with the whole you know, interacting with them and the feedback they get from your program. What are they saying? I think the part that they don't say it without saying, but when you listen, but they don't say it directly when you mm-hmm. listen to the stories. Um, I think that two things that, that, that are that are missing. One is that we don't connect with the community on a human level, right? It's like, hi, I'm Miss Benevolent Nonprofit Director, and I'm here to give you this information that I've decided that you need. You poor thing. Yes, mm-hmm. but not, hey, I, I have this, mm-hmm. and I think it could be of a help, a help to you, mm-hmm. but let me explain it to you and see if we can meet in the middle mm-hmm. and partner on this thing. Mm-hmm. I think we have to start approaching social services as a partnership and and less of a I'm doing something for you. Mm-hmm. I want to do it. I, I tell them I'm going to do it. I'm here to do this with you. And we have these conversations frequently where it's like, look, I'm only going to do what you're doing. I'm on, like, you know, like the young kids say, I have teenagers. Mm-hmm. I'm on whatever you're on. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're not here to work, I'm not here I'm to not work here neither. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Geez. I'm going to put my time, energy, and effort and resources into people who want to work. If you don't want to work, if you're not willing to, to work, to do the personal work, mm-hmm. then I, I can't help you because I can't do it for anyone. Yeah. I can do it with you, though. That sort of is a defeats the purpose no and which is what is in that the do it for you attitude is what keeps people in this cycle Mm -hmm. what i don't want to happen is for people to leave my program and go join someone else's Ah, because that that means i didn't do what i was supposed to do Mm -hmm. you need to leave my program and be able to stand on your own two feet and and sustain and take care of yourself and know that you have us as a resource. So we're not a one and done kind of situation. Mm-hmm. This is a family. This is an ecosystem. So we want you to come back and say, I'm about to get a you know promotion at my job. Can we, can we do some mock interviewing or does this outfit look okay? Or mm-hmm. you know what? I learned this new skill at my job. Can I teach a community class? Mm-hmm. Can I come back and work with students? That's, that's how this works. Yeah. That's, that's the real deal. That's real growth and uh real real progress real change yes and that's all the the whole point we got to take one more break and we come back and we will continue our conversation with chef shanita mcafee bryant 
of the Prospect KC over on 18th, not 18th, 20th and Vine, uh, about to do this uh, gumbo fest tomorrow from what? 12 to 4. 12 to 4. Now it's located at the spot. Yes. Which is the cafe bakery. And coffee a, shop. And yes. coffee shop that is adjacent to um, the K- Prospect KC. I want pe- people to get a picture in their mind of, of what you're doing and what's down there. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's starting to be um, really jumping on uh, 18th and Vine, and it's it's all good. Something we need to be proud of and supportive of. Yes, the district of. is coming alive, and it's exciting. All right on. So let's take a break, and we'll be back right after this message. Hello, it's Sunshine of KKFI's Retro Red Eye Express, asking you to support KKFI, your community radio station where you hear radio like you've never heard it before. You and I both listen to KKFI. We share a common bond that links us together in the KKFI community. This bond is our shared appreciation for the creative, diverse programming that only KKFI provides. It takes a special kind of person to appreciate the depth and diversity of our programs. The fact that you listen says a lot about you. It means that you are one of those special people. The average KKFI listener is anything but average. You want the kind of programming that is creative, compelling, and that you can't get anywhere but KKFI. If you believe in KKFI's mission to bring you broad, diverse programming that spans various genres and offers something that appeals to everyone, you'll want KKFI to stay on air so it can thrive and continue that mission. If you want entertainment and information that you cannot get anywhere else, if you share KKFI's mission, then call 888-931-0901 and make your pledge today. That's 888-931-0901. Or if you prefer, go online to kkfi.org to make your pledge. Call now at 888-931-0901. FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Urban Connections is the program. I'm your host, Donna Wolf. Um, This is our fall pledge drive. We have a champion in one Catherine Peters, super uber volunteer here at um, KKFI for many, many years. You can hear her on Sundays on uh, folk programming that happens on Sunday mornings here. Well, anyway. Kathy Peters is our champion who is matching your donation dollar for dollar up to the $100 mark for this hour of Urban Connections. So please take advantage of the opportunity to double your bang for your buck on Kathy Peters' dime for the hour. Give us a call at 888-931-0901. I'll repeat that, 888-931-0901, or anytime, night or day, online at kkfi.org. And again, our guest today is um, the founder and executive officer of um, uh, the Prospect uh, KC, Shanita McAfee Bryant, chef extraordinaire, <laughs> competitive winner of... Uh, Cutthroat uh, Kitchen back 
a few uh, years back, and uh, she is a um, a social entrepreneur. Her social venture is the Prospect KC. They're having their second annual Gumbo Fest down on 20th and Vine. Yes, we tomorrow. are. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, it's gumbo weather. Before. It's gum. It is gumbo weather. It's gumbo weather. All right. So talk about who's gonna. This is this gumbo thing is a competition, right? It is a competition. So who is participating? So we have uh, Lula Southern Bistro. They were the winners last year. Okay. Southern Cookhouse. I'm sorry, and they're coming back this year to defend their title. Mm-hmm. We have our um, culinary students that are in the building. Mm-hmm. They are being coached by the programs director, and they are trying to. Get in and show y'all what they've been learning. Okay. We have our summer culinary students from Boys Girl, and they're coached by our executive chef, Chef Tara Rogers. So <laughs> it's pretty tense in my kitchen right now, okay? Okay. <laughs> Two staff members are going head-to-head oh, with each other. That could be interesting. <laughs> it's been really interesting. That could be interesting. Um, Waldo Thai and then Camby's Market. So we have a, a good amount of teams this year, oh, Delma's Kitchen. They're they're in there too. They were People's Choice winners last year, and they're planning on coming back and taking the the whole thing, is what I've been told. Oh, okay. Now, do you have any bead on what kind of gumbos they are gonna? You know be what? Preparing? I like to be surprised, even with the you know the the two teams that are working out of my kitchen. I just don't want to know what they're you doing. You don't want to know. Uh uh-uh. Okay, so because uh-uh. that'll keep you. I'm it. not judging, but I'm, it does keep me out of it. Who are who are your judges? No, we have Chef Jasper Marable, um, Katie Van Luchen, uh, Drew Eanes from J.E. Dunn, Shailen Dean from Spire, and Spire happens to be like our title sponsor this year, so we are very um, appreciative. Thanks to Spire, we mm-hmm. were able to lower the price to $10 from $25. Miss Raina Parkshaw will be joining wonderful. us this year. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and for you can tickets are still available. They're still available tomorrow. Yes. Like and you can get the them at thing. the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and your website one more again is uh, org. You can learn about the Gumbo Fest and all of our wonderful programs that we have. Now, what about people who are interested in the programs, in that culinary program yeah. that you described? So we'll start recruiting amazing. again um, right around Thanksgiving for the mm-hmm. next cohort that will start in January. Mm-hmm. So there is um, information on the website, and you can join the waiting list now. So people, if they're interested or they want to learn more, I'm we're still getting emails. We've got like 10 people on the waiting list already for the next cohort. Now, does, does your cohort, does your um, organization's do you get credit it like at Johnson County Community? No, we're working on that. We're working okay. on trying to work with uh, the American Culinary Federation to get um, certificate, so they would get a they would be a certified culinarian um, through our program and our certification. So that's but you have to be operating for a little bit of time before you're able to apply for that. So okay. there's some conversations I'm having with other or even some local places that might be interested in making it some type of um, certificate that people can apply for. Now, how do you define success for the for the Prospect KC, this culinary arts training center? How do you describe success for your organization? Mm, that's so hard because it's so individual. Mm. I think what, what it works for me is when I see them achieving the things that they want to achieve. And when I see um, 
like when people first come in, there's just a a, a vibe about them, right? And it's just not. It's just kind of like, hmm, you know. Mm, yeah. And as you see that self confidence rise, and you start to see them vibrating a little bit higher, mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, <laughs> this is working. And I know people are probably like, this lady is crazy. She's talking no. about good vibes and in the kitchen, but no. really, Mm-mm. like people don't understand that kitchen life is hard and life life is hard and if you're able to like you know feel really good about yourself and have that sense of like inner peace and confidence then like the hard stuff doesn't affect you nearly as wildly as it as it does when you don't have a control on that Mm -hmm, because you got some balance now and there's this thing about good vibrations Mm -hmm. and um food and oh for sure i do not cook when i am tired good and when i'm angry Mm -hmm. and when i'm overly emotional and anytime like even in the kitchen i was trying to make oatmeal cookies one time and i was just like sleepy and cranky and they were like bricks i was like what happened do i not know how to make a cookie after 26 years yeah my my grandfather always used to say i don't want any food that's been fussed over Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. because those vibrations go Mm -hmm. right into that food and Mm -hmm. like it did with your cookies Mm, that was not good not good (laughs) not at all it's not a good thing all right one more time so people will know where this event is taking it is place tomorrow, tomorrow sunday september 15th at 2010 vine mm-hmm. you can park right out on the street and come through the front doors okay. that's where we'll be gumbo fest gumbo fest yes now i'm just gonna ask you you don't have to you know disclose it or anything but do you have a favorite gumbo recipe <laughs> uh, my own is one of my favorites <laughs> oh yeah you do have your own gumbo. i do recipe. have my own gumbo and can, can after least... gumbo fest we will have it on oh. the menu oh you yes will. we'll we'll make it and it'll be a part of one of our soups so you didn't even want to talk about you know like what goes in i make mine with smoked turkey and chicken um just because you're trying to make it more you know wildly available Uh i like a really dark a dark roux i know that people don't like a darker roux but i really do i just like the the nuttiness and the richness that comes from that roux and that roux is what now the roux is is the thickener it's the base okay you know it's if you don't have roux in it it's it's not gumbo it's not gumbo. i know because i've had people say like when i was catering they're like well can you make it gluten-free and i was like well it's just chicken and sausage soup at that point it's no longer gumbo okay. i kind of need that okay. that's like the the main ingredient oh you know i don't know it seems to me there's a whole lot more food allergies happening now than there used to i'm be. gonna have to come back for a whole nother okay, that's a whole nother conversation right on please come on <laughs> it, and co- it has something to do with the way we pesticides mm-hmm. and our artificial growth of things mm-hmm. and not really letting stuff ripen in its natural time frame <laughs> well please come back yeah again let's do a whole no, an old session on food um, food and itself. how it affects our body and that's something that we talk about you know food affects every single thing on your body from your skin to your inside yeah and um if you're not cognizant of the food that you're putting in your body and i'm i'm not pro anything Mm -hmm. i'm pro what makes you healthy if that makes sense so if you want to be a vegetarian be a vegetarian if you want to be a pescatarian be a pescatarian if you want to be vegan be vegan if that's what works for you so i'm not pro 
anybody's anything. Yeah, but each one of those ways of eating, and there's a healthy way to do it. I'm pro whole food and healthy food. So in any of those spaces, let it it not be processed and full of additives and chemicals and things like that. That's what I'm more more for. Okay. Well, thank you very much for being our guest here today, Chef Shanita McAfee Bryant of the Prospect KC and celebrating... Getting our gumbo on. Tomorrow we getting our gumbo on. All right. Thanks for being here and hope to have you back sometime in the not too distant future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Please stay tuned, everybody. At the top of the hour, we got Lady D here with Changing Narratives. FM, KKFI, Kansas City, Community Radio. Streaming online at www.kkfi.org. The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project,